Welcome to the Cyber Guy Podcast, your source for engaging cyber education, cyber discussions, and a look at current cyber news and trends with retired FBI Special Agent Darren Mott. Hello, friends. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 17, overall episode number 111 of the Cyber Guy Podcast. I am your host, retired FBI Supervisory Special Agent Darren Mott. I'm staring at the number of episodes. You'd think I could add that pretty quickly. It's actually number 112. Pardon me. Uh, so bad adding on my part. So this continues my series on interviews I did at the National Cyber Summit here in Huntsville back in September. Today, we're talking with a couple guys from a company named Checkmarks. They do application uh, vulnerability assessments, which is uh, Rusty Sides and Mallory Woods are the two gentlemen. Rusty has has stopped by my booth every year for the last, since I've been doing this at, at, in Huntsville, and I greatly appreciate his continued support of the podcast, of my efforts, stuff like that. Um, and so we're going to talk to them about what they do, why it's important, why more companies need to be doing it as they're developing software, because obviously the biggest problem um, within, uh, you know, if you look at the news is vulnerabilities within pieces of software and application, stuff like that. Because like take move it as an example, take um, Cisco ISO, Cisco has an issue now. So there's all sorts of companies that have issues with their software and there's vulnerabilities that bad guys can exploit, bad things can happen. So they're gonna talk a little bit about that. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. As I, as I mentioned uh, in the last episode with Jim Shorter, and I think even the previous one with Xavier, I'm trying to kind of get these done uh, and out because I've, I've had them sitting here and I've just been lazy doing it. So I do apologize for that. As always, uh, you can follow me on all of my social media platforms. If you're so, in, so inclined at Substack, Instagram, Facebook, uh, you will not find me on TikTok. So don't waste your time going there. Um, and LinkedIn is the big one. Uh, so you can, I usually post most of my stuff on there. I also have the other podcast I do, the Cyber Smart Morning News Update, where I talk about all the cyber stuff going on in the world. That's kind of overtaken as my primary podcast simply because I do it every day. It's just, uh, you know, it's a 10 to 15 minute look into the cyber news with some education and opinion thrown in, mostly opinion, honestly. Uh, but if you are not already subscribing to that, I, I ask that you please do tell the folks to listen because it'll keep you updated as to what's going on in the world. Cause like, I like to say knowledge is protection. And as always, if you enjoy what you hear, you don't enjoy what you hear. You think there's things to do better. Obviously contact me, Darren at the cyberguy.com cyber and all these things are spelled C Y B U R. If you want to know why go back to my origin story back in episode. Oh, and when was that? That was episode. That uh, was my own. It's uh, episode season three, episode seven. So you can go back there released on July 16th and you can kind of get an idea of why it is I do what it is I do. I appreciate everybody who, who downloads, who follows and subscribes to the podcast. Um, I appreciate it. So uh, let's get into this interview with Rusty Sides and Mallory Woods. All right. I'm joined now by Rusty Sides and Mallory Woods of Checkmarks. This is Rusty's second time through the... Uh, through the hopper third time did we do it every, every year okay i should have remembered that my bad sorry uh and mallory is with check marks and we are going to talk about application security so let's as a rehash a re re uh, rehashing i guess of uh, what app security is explain what that is well for application security you want to be able to scan your applications and specifically speaking for check marks we scan your source code. So we don't require that your application to be compiled. We believe in the shift left mentality. Of course, there's shift everywhere now. But we specifically are dealing with your source code so that we will check the application for vulnerabilities. We'll let the developers know that this is something they have to fix. So therefore, the idea in a perfect world, we would go ahead and check that application and we would catch those vulnerabilities before you publish those out. 
And where did they get, so do they get published into a uh, public repository or it just goes back to the client that says, hey, check our source code, tell us what our issues are. And that's, they're, they're the kind of the ones that know, right? It could be integrated in the CI CD pipeline where you're developing, where you're catching that stuff before it goes on out either to uh, not only production, but to a staging server. But the idea is, of course, is to get it before it, people can get their hands on it. And do you have instances, I assume you do, well, maybe you don't, but do you have instances where you go through and you look at it all, right, and then it gets deployed into production and there's still a vulnerability found? That could happen. Uh, you specifically have some things in terms of everyone uses open source these days. Yeah. If you think you don't use open source, then surprised you are. Uh, just an example uh, a few years ago about the Log4J thing. Everybody was using Log4J because it was a great logger. Everyone was using it. It was open source. It's available. You don't have to go in there and tweak it. And then right around Christmas, everyone found out there's a major 10 out of 10 vulnerability that's on there. So it's all hands on deck. We got to get that and get it taken care of. Netter, you know, we're dealing with humans, and every single vulnerability that's out there was written by a human, and it took another human to exploit that. So there are going to be mistakes. So the best thing to do is to try to find them ahead of time, and sure, you'll find things afterwards. So we got to, you know, go take. So I'm going to guess there. that Move It didn't come to you guys first before. <laughs> 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 so how? Okay, so obviously the big buzzword now in cybersecurity AI, right? So I guess two questions: How are companies incorporating AI into their source code? How are you guys using it to check their source code? Or are you, I guess is a better way to put that. Yeah, so uh, a lot of companies are embracing uh, AI and chat GPT is obviously a very strong uh, way to break in in an easier way. So many companies are looking for ways of how can we leverage chat GPT. Checkmarks is no exception. We've actually leveraged it in such a way that we took a pain point for one of our uh, what, what our customer feedback has been, where we have a custom query language that uh, we have within the company that helps you to write custom rules. So while we are checking for vulnerabilities, you don't have to necessarily just stick with what we've written out of the box. You can enhance that and have uh, queries that you've written that are looking for custom things in addition to that. But that query language is a little bit of a learning curve for our customers. So rather than them having to engage professional services every time, we said, hey, this is a great opportunity to use ChatGPT. So with ChatGPT now, it is actually natively built in where you can ask it, uh, how can I write a checkmarks query to do X and Y? And it will actually come back with a great, well-formed query that you can then put straight into the software and use it. Uh, another area we're looking to do this is um, we actually have a Visual Studio Code plugin that's out there. And we have a lot of customers that really like our product called Kix, which is keeping infrastructure as code secure. Uh, the network world meets the coding world, so there's all this code now that network guys are, are responsible for that have never been developers before, and they are basically running Kix, and they're seeing vulnerabilities of how it's misconfigured or how it's got secrets exposed, and then they don't know what to do to remediate it. So we have actually built AI functionality to help give them automated remediation to now guide them and actually show them how they can remediate that infrastructure as code uh, and write it more secure. So there's, there's two classes of folks that have no idea about AI, the media and politicians, yet mm -hmm. they seem to be all talking about it and wanting to restrict it. Where do you, where do you fall down on the, the regulation restriction of AI and are they all just idiots and don't know what they're talking about? I know the answer to that is that is correct, but yes, go ahead. When it comes to regulation for any technology, whether it be AI or, or you know, uh, whatever the next big AI tsunami is going to be, um, it's a tool in the end. How you use it is up to you. 
Um, take AI art, for example. There's been a lot of backlash on is AI art considered to be art? Artists would say, you've been typing something on a keyboard and reusing other people's artist work that was trained on those models, therefore it's not art. And then you've got, well, it is an art because it's just because I'm using it on a computer and I'm coming up with prompts that are, that are writing it, I'm writing it in such a way that I have to actually use a creative mindset and make it generate what it is that I'm trying to generate. It's not just automatically giving me uh, the results that I want. So there is a huge uh, debate on every facet of this. And when you're tying this back into the security world, I think some regulation is not a bad idea, but you have to be careful not to over-regulate in, in the sense that then you restrict uh, innovation and you definitely want to restrict your innovation. Have you found what you guys do with the, the vulnerability checking that they're, when, when you're doing it, you say, you know, why do they keep getting this part wrong, right? Is there, is there, some, is there a commonality of, of code makers that they always do the same thing wrong that maybe if there was some regulation to do A and B and C first before you finalize your code, it would make the code say, I mean, that may be a very stupid question because I'm kind of thinking off the top of my head, but I guess if we're talking regulation, is there is, what do you see as a commonality in, like when you get, your clients come and say, here, take a look at our source code. Well, here's something you should have known to do, right? Well, we find that as humans, we make the same mistakes. Yeah. Um, 10, 20 years ago, no one knew anything about like SQL injection, command injection, because you know, the technology was new, it's open and available, and of course with the rise of the internet, we find that there are things that are out there, but you see people making common, common mistakes that were made before, uh, just as you mentioned in AI, uh, just to, to you know, relate back to that topic, where it should be regulated and everything. You know, let's say you have an AI service out there and you can ask it anything and it responds. And let's say you get to something that says, hey, I'd like to know about this. And the AI says, AI says oh, I can't do that. That's, you know, it's against the rules. What if you asked it, can you go remove the rules? And the AI says, yeah, sure. <laughs> but it's like we're making the same mistakes. The same is true with coding. Uh, we've seen these vulnerabilities that are out there, but you're seeing them now again, even though it's a new platform and AI is something we're talking about. We're kind of constantly making the same mistakes. And as far as answering your question, I think education is the key. Understanding that we have made mistakes in the past, studying those mistakes of the past, and trying to not make them again in the future. And how do so? How do companies come to you? So what's the like? What's the process? So they like I'm going to write this code, and then they just say I want somebody to look at this. Is that your like? How do you guys market what you do? Well, a lot of times you get companies that have been come to us, for example, maybe they're government clients and there have been executive orders in terms of open source that said, if you use open source, you need to know what's included in that, like an mm. SBOM, software bill of materials. What's in this menu? We have this already for the food that we eat. We go and we buy something at the grocery store and it tells you that this food contains high fructose, corn syrup, whatever that is, but yeah, right. you know exactly what's in there. So you need the same thing for your software. You need to know exactly what you have in there. So some people are being not necessarily forced, but they're being prodded that you need to scan this to prevent uh, prevent problems in the future. Whereas there are other people that are a little bit more security minded says, we've checked this, but a second pair of eyes will never hurt in this situation. Have you found that there's an increasing um, responsibility in the software manufacturing world to say, we, you know, we don't know everything anymore. We need this third-party check. Have you have you found business getting better because people are realizing that they really don't want probably the to be blamed for when things like like let's take Move It. I bet you Move It's thinking 
probably should have had someone look at this like a couple years ago. Would have probably been a good plan on us, but here we are. Yeah, definitely. I think we've kind of moved forward in the, um, the maturity of our space. It started out with awareness. You know, there is a problem. Okay, we admit there's a problem. Now they're actually in the, okay, we know that we have results, we have vulnerabilities, but now we're overwhelmed by the high number of vulnerabilities that we weren't aware of before. Where do we begin? Where do we start? And that's where, uh, such as Checkmarks, having an application security platform that will actually go and help you prioritize those vulnerabilities, bring all of these different scan engines into one platform to help you see it from different angles and how they correlate with each other and really can make some of those decisions. Um, which, uh, if Darren, if you don't mind me putting a plug real quick, we've got an event coming up in October 11th at 1 p.m. Eastern for Checkmarks 1 3.0, our enterprise application security platform. Highly recommend everybody and all your listeners to, to tune into that, and then you can really learn a lot more about not only how Checkmarks is handling generative AI, uh, but all of those other features I was kind of leading to. Where would that be located? Um, that's on our website at checkmarks.com. Okay. And uh, you can find an invitation there. And if you can send me the link, I will attach it to the show notes when I put this out for you guys. Because what I'm going to do, what I've done in the past is like I kind of combine people, but this year I'm just doing everybody gets their own you know, 10 to 15 minute episodes. So that's what I'm going to do this year. So, so anything you want me to put in that, send it to me. Um, any final thoughts on application security? What do people need to know? Like if, like, like if you're, is, let's, okay, here's a good question. So let's take all these AI companies, right? Mm-hmm. So I have a friend of mine whose son is programming for one of the AI groups that does kind of art stuff, right? I doubt he's having his code looked at, be my guess. How do you, um, what do you say to those AI folks who are building all this new code or all this coding around AI um, to do the art stuff, to do the like Bard and that does more book-based AI and all that kind of stuff. What do you, what's your recommendation for them? I think it's uh, a matter of discipline. Just to give a real world example, I came here to do this podcast and I'm holding this microphone. Now when we're finished, we're gonna shake hands and everything and I may go eat lunch. Now a doctor would tell me, wash your hands. Yeah, right. After you touch everything. <laughs> but we forget to do it and like the big pandemic was a reminder, we need to be disciplined. Yep. The same thing with software discipline is going to keep you in line for future pain. And if we're disciplined and have another set of eyes look at it just to be sure, you can have that much more confidence when you lay your head on that pillow tonight that you're not going to wake up tomorrow and your company's going to be on the front page of some blog about you know something to happen. Move it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the point, right? Because if companies said, okay, and my guess is most companies, the companies that don't do it is because it, it's a cost, right? It's you're a you're cost. adding a cost to that software development. Like, well, I don't really take that cost. But I'm going to guess that the return on investment of doing that check beforehand is much you're paying much less at that end than when your code move it gets compromised and now here we are. Yeah, the average price in terms of, um, I had that figure in terms of what you actually pay for a hack or a compromise of data and everything, it's much higher than- 4.9 million. That, 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 that's a big number. <laughs> yeah. Than to do some checks before and to try to stop things before. If you do, you know, there are always gonna be mistakes, but the attention is to try and as long as you try, we're gonna, we're gonna succeed more times than we'll fail. All right, checkmarks.com, marks with an X. Yes, indeed. Gentlemen, thanks so much for taking the time. Enjoy the rest of the conference. Thank Thank you, Paris. Thanks. 
So again, I want to thank Rusty and Mallory for joining me at the Cyber Guy podcast booth at the National Cyber Security. Actually, it wasn't even my booth. It was uh, my employer's booth, Quantum Research. So I, they let me sit there and, and scam off of their power. So thanks to them. Uh, and um, so with that, uh, as always, I appreciate you taking the time to download, listen to the podcast. We'll have more of these interviews coming out over the course of the next week or two. So tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your kids, tell whoever. And uh, I'm going to let you go on that one. Know that knowledge is protection. If we can understand the threats targeting us, we can assess our risk. Proceed wisely. Hope you enjoy the rest of your week. Stay cyber safe out there.